What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of SSPN Post Game. Uh, you know, th- this is not the most riveting game to break down, Ethan. That's for sure. Um, final score: Phoenix Suns beat the San Antonio Spurs 133 to 95. They really had a 40 point lead for yeah. most of the third quarter. Got up by 30. It was 71 to 41 at halftime. Um, and you know, I hadn't checked the standings in a little bit, but it's like, lo and behold, what a surprise, Ethan. <laughs> The Suns are number one and the Spurs are the bottom whenever it comes to the Western Conference standings. And the game really played out exactly like that. Um, Just give me your thoughts on this one, Ethan. It comes down to a couple simple facts, Jude. Mm -hmm. First and and the first one being the Suns are a better team on paper and in reality, just top to bottom, more talent, uh, more chemistry, more cohesion. They've, They've been winning for a few seasons now, so they should win these games. Uh, right. Two, the Spurs are riddled with injuries. We were missing two starters and two of our best role players in Sohan, as Sohan, Jakob Pertl, Richardson, and Doug McDermott, Dougie, and as well right. as Blake Wesley, who is still out. Um, so we're playing guys like Alizé Johnson and Gorgie Jang and Basie, who before the season started, we weren't expecting them to get a lot of meaningful minutes. Um, Romeo Langford also went out, I believe, in the second quarter with a twisted ankle. So we didn't have his... Um, defense either so all that combined we also had a very bad shooting night from three again shocker so Uh, all that being said that that really sums up the game like we couldn't stop the suns and they were just having their way with us they were easily getting to their spots it sean said it best um to sum up our defensive strategy for tonight it said it looks like we're just chasing them around right and they are calmly getting to where they want to go and running their offense to perfection and and in no way were we dictating to them what we wanted them to do they were and Devin Booker didn't even go off really like he was really playing calm tonight he only had 20 points shot 16 times like he wasn't the problem it was the entire Suns roster that was just destroying us top to bottom so Dude, when Ish Wainwright, when Ish Wainwright, a name I haven't heard of in years, is hitting step back threes against us. Yes. I was just like, and even like Michelle Beadle was on the commentary and she was like, I did not expect that. And it was like, I remember seeing him. I was like, dude, I haven't thought about this guy. So, first of all, he's 6'5, 250. Shout out to him, the real Kelvin. He's jacked. (laughs) He is jacked. Uh, Dude, like I hadn't thought about him since like probably a couple like like two 2K when I was in high school. I think like that's the last time I remember hearing about Ish Wainwright. But he's found his way onto the Suns team. So so good for him, that's for sure. Looking at the Spurs just to read off the box score a little bit more to encapsulate things. Um Zach Collins, one for seven, four points, six boards, five assists. Um KBD put up twelve on five for six shooting. That was really the only efficient thing all night. Um, and just a disgruntled offense overall. Everybody else, like, I'll read just the the field goal percentage, basically, for everybody else, or the field goals, if you will. 11 for 23 from Keldon, 5 of 11 from Trey, 5 of 12 from Devin Vassell, 2 for 6 from 3 from him there, 1 for 6 Isaiah Roby, 2 for 5 Alizé Johnson, 2 for 5 Gorgie Zhang, 2 for 2 uh, Charles Basie, um, and then 3 for 9 Malachi Branham. Um, we were talking about that uh, before we got on air. Just one good thing that you could try to pull from this game uh, is Malachi Branham. I know he didn't shoot well. Obviously, the execution isn't there. But if you've been watching him um, just since he's been able 
to kind of get more minutes on the Spurs team. Um, he has it, this game and the last game as well. Um, it feels like he's finding his spots a little bit better. He's mm-hmm. still not executing there. I'm not really expecting him to be there at that point. Um, it seems like he has a little bit better handle on the ball. These are obviously very little things that we're taking in very poor performances. But the Spurs, you know, they have just this whole losing streak, Ethan, and, and games like this are just a reminder of where the Spurs are at. You know, we had our little fun there at the beginning of the season. It's just like, no, you're a bottom five team. But that's okay. That really is okay, especially mm. this season. Um, the Spurs right now have the second worst record in the league only to the Orlando Magic. So, I mean, it's just going to be the Rockets, the Spurs, the Pistons, uh, the Ma- and the Magic. And then maybe you can throw the Hornets in there too. Um, really gunning for Scoot Henderson or Victor Wembanyama. Which is not a bad consolation prize. It's painful because we're not used to this. We're not used to losing because literally Um, we have not been alive since we've last had a losing season. Um, But it's it's still interesting. Like yet, like Garrett said, to watch them slowly get better and hopefully get that number one pick so we can rebuild around not rebuild but continue to build around a guy like Wembenyama. I mean, these games, Jude, have shown me how valuable Yaka Pertle is. Right. That's another thing we forget about kind of in the midst of all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For those of y'all listening, or go ahead. Sohan, say, and so, Sohan's right. you know, impact not on the box score is also being realized. Yep, for sure. For sure. For just y'all listening on podcast, uh, Garrett said, this is a learning process for the Spurs to deal with setbacks to get better in the future when they're healthy, plus a trop draft pick. That pretty much sums it up right there. Um, our man Sean in the comments, he says a 58 and 18 record for the Spurs. I think for sure they're winning out, no doubt. Um, also, yeah, dub on me, dub on me there. I lost in fantasy basketball. Unfortunate, mm. unfortunate. You know, it's 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 all everything's dropped off since Keldon's three point shooting. That's that's what's killing me right now. Unfortunate, unfortunate. He got uh, 27, but. One for five from three, and you could tell he was the still other very games frustrated. though, because it's over two weeks. Yeah, you see what I'm oh, saying? Oh, I know, anyway. I know what you're saying. Believe, <laughs> I know what you're saying. Uh, South Tech says, enduring this much pain, we better get the number one pick. <sighs> LOL. Please. Um, and Rob Martinez says, Vicar Scoot, it's starting to feel real now, and I think that's kind of like, I guess, what we can kind of talk about in this post game. I know the Spurs were already, they had already fallen you know, before these past couple games and this losing streak has continued to mm-hmm. kind of the bottom, like it, it already felt like the Spurs, okay, they're back in the tank mode, they're back in the lottery. But now it's just, <laughs> you know, it's like with every loss, especially with the one like this, where you're down by 40 for the majority uh, of the the second half, even though it's, you know, a, a contender for sure. Um, it, it really, once again, it just reminds you where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um so that's really where you're at. I mean, you're just looking at draft prospects. That's where you can get excited. And you really just got to hope that, you know, the Spurs can pull out a win here or there um, and that Keldon can get back in rhythm. Yeah, that's really all you could. But it's just it's hard to, like, ask that from these guys, too, though. Like in a game like this, I'm not even mad at Devin, like Mm-mm. not shooting that great because it wasn't like he really played anything different. It was just the Suns had everything going for them tonight that's the other thing like not only are we outmatched skill wise and experience wise but we're 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 outmatched like when you combine those two things together like on top of just you know straight up experience right like reps 
like that also ties into game plans and schemes. And it's just like when you watch these games, you can just tell like 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 Sean said, we're just chasing them around. We don't know the schemes yet. Our team's like 24 overall. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we don't know. Like we're just out there trying to like get as many buckets as possible. You know, we had some stuff that we could run early in the year, but now it's just like every team and and obviously this is amplified after playing, you know, the number 1 team in the West right now and a perennial contender over the past two seasons in the Suns, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, we're out there trying to run stuff and yeah. they just they squash it. They completely squash it whatever we try to run on offense and then we we're just so young that we don't know defensive rotations yet and then on top of that they have like the best offense in the league arguably mm-hmm. so it's like at least right now and so it's just like you know, our guys aren't going to do anything against that you know yeah. on, oh, yeah. at three o'clock on a sunday it's just not going to happen to make it all worse and this is true for all teams but especially young teams when you get down by 20 and then 30 game plan goes out the window you know i don't care what that coach is saying in the locker mm-hmm. room everyone's going to start jacking up threes which we saw you know, mm-hmm. you're not going to run the offense to the same level of crispness because you're going to try and force things and, and, and try and take it upon yourself. We saw that with Alizé Johnson. He had like a right. few turnovers because he was like pushing the pace almost too hard, you know, mm-hmm. trying to take it on his shoulders to will this team back to victory. And it's just like Alizé. He was just trying to go get a bucket and nobody yeah, cares yeah. because the game's over anyway. So it's like, sure, let him go do it. Like, <laughs> it leads to silly mistakes, and it's just—it's right. not a, a recipe to overcome a deficit. I don't think that was ever in the plans to overcome this deficit, but it definitely didn't help. And defensively too, when you're shooting as well as you are, like Phoenix Suns were, it's like the most subtle pump fake. We were jumping for every single pump fake, going for every ball fake, chasing the ball around. You know, there there wasn't a lot of discipline on that side of the court either, because we were so desperate to try and get it like like a like a big play or stop that it, it just mentally took us out of the game. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah. And that's something that I think is something the Spurs are going to have to deal with all year. Oh, like yeah. you saw when they got dejected, it's like I'm not even mad at them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the worst part is you kind of feel them. So it's like it it just kind of is the nature of the season. Like, I don't I don't know if there's any way really around it. And that kind of leads into Adrian's comment. He says, man, this is going to be a challenging season. They're going to be demoralized and going to have to double up on sports psychologists (laughs) to recover from this season. Lord, hopefully we don't get any more problems from that my lord i'm not even like trying to make a joke but it's just like what what happened the last time you know yeah true, oh true. my gosh oh my gosh man <sighs> i wish i had more to say about this game but i really don't ethan i i don't have a lot to say either i mean good attempts from basie and alizé at least they were aggressive even though they made a handful of mistakes here and there Keldon did have 27. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, he had 27. Right. <laughs> but it was like super unimpactful 27. Yeah. Like, and he right. was clearly frustrated because it was a sort of it was an inefficient 27, mm-hmm. at least from deep. You know, but I did like that he took it inside. He posted up a little bit early. Uh-huh. Um, he tried to get some mid-range jumpers to fall, which he did. 
you know, it's clear that he at least understands that his three-point jumper is not falling and he has to somehow score right. in different ways. Um, but when Devin only gets 14, Trey Jones only has 10, and literally the entire team was minus in the plus-minus. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care how many points KJ scores. Right. The team wasn't around him to get this even within, like, 20. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, at no point did we yeah. think it was going to be close. You know what I'm just thinking about? And this is probably, I mean, it may be insignificant long term, but in the short term, this is probably the most important thing of this game was mm. Devin got a little banged up at the end. There. I did I, see that. And I, I didn't see what happened. I just saw like when they came back from a commercial, I think, or Monty Williams actually called a timeout to like not make him play basically. And yeah, he was walking that. off to the locker room. Did you see what happened or did you mm-hmm. just see him walk into the locker room too? I just saw him I don't walk think, into the locker room. Yeah. So I don't think it's too serious, but it may be something that keeps him out a couple games, you know, just like earlier in the year, which just means more of this. <laughs> Team Tank. I mean, are we going to have to – we might have to get some, like, hardship players yeah. if, if he is hurt, and, unless um, all the other four guys come back. Right. Like, well, yeah, in that case, honestly, they might just be like, all right, Josh, you're good now. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. You now, know Josh. what I mean? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Because they, they don't – I don't know. I don't want to – obviously, they have something going on that – you know, is enough to keep them off the court. But mm-hmm. knowing the Spurs and knowing this season, it's like, are those guys really like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I, I feel like they could go, you know, so that's probably, that would be like why they maybe wouldn't get hardship players. But if it is really like they can't play right now, you're right. We may have to sign some of the people. Because we, sure. we'd have seven dudes out oh. if that were the case. Do you know who's coming right back? Who? Oh, Tommy Coos? Jordan Hall. Dude. Oh. He just went for 32. Nine for nine. Seven He's for voted. seven in the G League, man. <laughs> we just get nothing but G League legends. Like we, ne- uh, like they always, they all come to the Spurs and they're like, eh. but when they're in the G League, uh, they're dominant. Luka Samanich, <laughs> Alize, uh, Drew Eubanks, like all these dudes were just dominant for the Austin Spurs, and then they sh- they show up to the Spurs and they're like, they're okay. I think even Malachi was already was like, yeah, well dominant, too. right? No, for, for those of y'all who who didn't know what I was referencing, I was saying Jordan Hall. The, the guard that the Spurs have cut and re-signed and cut mm-hmm. again this year. Um, he, in his first game back with the Austin Spurs after getting cut, went mm-hmm. seven for seven from three and nine for nine from the field. Um, Tommy Cousy even went off a couple Really? Mm-hmm. All our Exhibit 10 guys, they're just, they're crazy out there in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Martinez says, thoughts on Zach? Will Charles ultimately replace him? I think this is actually an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Um just because of the fact that Charles is three years younger from San Antonio and you can sign him back next year on like literally like a dollar, like it's not actually a dollar, but it's like 1.7 million where, you know, that's literally like uh, not all of Zach's contracts is guaranteed, but that's potentially seven times less than what you'd have to pay Zach. Um, But with that being said, like that that's basically the merit behind it. With that being said, though, I think if they do bring Basie back, I still think he'll probably be the third guy behind Zach and um and Jakob. And I think that's that's kind of shown like tonight where they're starting Zach. So Yeah, I would agree. I would still put Zach in front of Basie. Um Basie's solid. He's got great hustle, great strength, good nose for you know, defending the rim, mm-hmm. tries to dunk everything. But we've seen this show before. Um, I, I love him. He's in Portland now. Drew Eubanks, similar player as far as hustle, you know, trying to block everything, trying to dunk everything. Um, he, they're just different players. But I do think mm-hmm. Zach is 
at this point still better because Zach's still a shot blocker as well. He's not as strong necessarily as Basie, but he spaces the floor better. He knows the offense better. More experienced many overall. many mistakes as Basie will. Yeah, and um, I do like Basie, though. I hope we do keep him because maybe he does have more potential than I'm giving right. him credit for. Um, but for now, I'm going to stick with Zach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that that is like a good question. Like, I don't think that that's an outrageous question. I think that depending on how, you know, this off season goes and how the tables turn over the next 12 months or whatever, um, mm. maybe he does end up taking, you know, down the road, maybe he ends up taking that backup center spot. Um, yeah. He also says ready for Barlow to level up. I want to say Dom, Dom Barlow. I haven't really been watching him in the G league, but yeah, I know yeah. earlier, earlier in the year though, when I was looking at box scores and stuff, um, it, it you know a little bit slower for him not having the crazy you know stats like we we're mentioning with the other guys um but coming out of overtime elite um i really think he's he, he was going to be a little bit longer of a project mm-hmm. anyway um but i still have hope for his potential moving forward for sure um our man tyler meinhold says branham and brick are synonymous <laughs> I, I understand where you're coming from my man especially when they're they were talking about how he kind of needs a little bit more arc on his shot he definitely uh, does sean and i agree with that 100 but but don't worry like he, he's gonna find his spots i feel like with time those are gonna start falling because he's just he's beating people off the dribble right now already so mm. he's 40 he shot 42 percent from three in college mm-hmm. so he's, he doesn't have a broken shot it's just and, Run back two games ago. I didn't catch the Pelicans yeah. game, but go back to the Wednesday game and you can find like multiple plays. And still not the greatest shooting night, but you can find him off the dribble, like in rhythm, mm-hmm. looking like his Ohio State highlights. But he's got moments. Still year one. And definitely throughout this season, though, it's been a little bit synonymous, though. <laughs> up, up and down for sure. Yeah. From three point land, especially. Yeah. But, but he'll get there. He'll get there. Yeah, believe, yeah. believe I'm not worried about it. Eric Pacina says Barlow still looks raw in the G League. And that's kind of what it felt like at the beginning of, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season when I was mentioning and I'd see some of those box scores. It was like nine points, four boards, nothing crazy. Um, but, you know, he was a two-way project anyway, not to just throw him away because I think he still has potential, but very low risk, high reward kind of deal there. That's kind of the point of two ways. So. Mm. Eric also says, I can't point to how the Spurs regress defensively, even with the starters. I think teams are just running more like, I, I don't want to say real, but that's like the best way that I can describe it. Like they're at the beginning of the season, everybody's kind of warming up, getting back into things. And now like teams are really in their rhythm and like know their sets and are running like they're clicking on all cylinders. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, and so I think that the Spurs just don't have the talent, you know, with all these injuries, the depth, um, or the, you know, experience basketball IQ wise to really deal with it. Yeah. And at the beginning of the season, we were dominating teams on defense. We were playing lesser teams. I don't think we really knew that. And we didn't know that at the time, but now that we've yeah. had enough time to let the season play out, we didn't really hit strong opponents until we went on this losing streak. And it's just been tough game after tough game. You know, Clippers, Toronto, Pelicans a couple times, Lakers, now mm-hmm. the Phoenix Suns. Like, we, we haven't really gotten a break other than the Thunder game. Um, and you, still you know, choked that. <laughs> still choked that, but at least it was competitive. But aside right. from that game, we've been playing, you know, per- perennial playoff teams uh, from the West and the East. So I think we've kind of gotten like a little bit exposed, plus the, you know, struggles Absolutely. with rotations as far as, like, who's playing and who's not on mm-hmm. a nightly basis completely different every night and Sohan yeah. and Jakob Pertl are our 
really to me the focal points of our defense. You know, mm-hmm. they're the voice, they're the anchor right. for us. And we haven't had Jakob in a good while. Um, it's your defensive then, front court right there. Yeah, really. And Sohan guards basically one through five. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and he hasn't been here. And I know it's only been a couple games, but the past couple games have been super tough to watch, mm-hmm. defensively especially. And we really don't have a defensive personnel. Like, Devin is a prototypical defender, mm-hmm. you know, six seven long was known for defense in college. Mm-hmm. I could say sort of the same thing for KBD, although he's not as physically gifted or as athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sohan and Jakob. But aside from that, you know, Trey Trey does his damnedest, but he's still 6'2", 6'1", you know, not the best wingspan. KJ, 6'5", not known for defense. You know, right. up and down the roster, I could say the same thing, aside mm-hmm. from the four guys that I mentioned. And two of them aren't even playing. So right. it's been a tough go around for this Jay Rich is a huge piece on defense too sometimes that's That's true he's been out also right right you know I think this kind of the good news for the Spurs here is Ethan they get a little bit of a break they get they don't they don't play until Thursday and they get to play the Rockets so that should be a nice little reset game maybe you can end this losing streak because then you're going to go on another one until you play the Rockets again (laughs) eight days later (laughs) so or not eight days later 11 days later um, because then you have Miami, Cleveland, Portland, Miami. So Miami is struggling a little bit right now, but I think that their get back game will be the Spurs. Yeah. Both of them. (laughs) Yeah. Literally. I'm not mad if we lose all of those games, because like I said, I want that number one pick or that number two pick, but Mm -hmm. I do think we need to beat the Rockets at least once just for morale. You know, otherwise these guys are really going to get down right now. They're frustrated. You can tell in their body language, but they're still playing aggressively. You know, they're not letting literally just sorry to interrupt you, but like literally just split the Rockets game because like you don't even have to win two, just one for morale. Like that's all you need. Literally just to remind these guys like you're good. I promise. Like (laughs) you do have talent so they don't get all up in their head. You're playing now. Look what happens when you play a team that's like semi of equal stature. Like you're okay. Literally. Right. Right, because you can definitely see the, the the frustration in their body language, but at the same time, so far at least, I don't mm-hmm. think it's dampened their effort. If anything, it's increased it almost to right. a fault because they're making right. silly mistakes because of it. That's a good point. So yeah, I'm, I can't point to like a particular example in my head, but I feel like a lot of the turnovers that the Spurs have had, kind of over the latter half of this losing streak, have been because they're trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. Overthinking Which, it. Right. That's that's the other thing. Overthinking. I think that's the complete like watching today's game and you know, who knows? But I felt like watching today's game, I don't know. I just had like a different perspective on it. And this game made me feel like the whole Kelvin thing is just straight mental. And I know we'd already said that before, and it's like one game shouldn't like confirm nor deny that for me. But watching today, that's how I felt. I was mm-hmm. just like, this is all like and I feel like that's kind of the whole team to yeah to an extent. Also, it's very important when you have like four of your rotation pieces who are your two veterans and then your two best defensive players out. That doesn't help either, um, like you mentioned. But, you know, like Adrian said, I just put up his comment a second ago. The Spurs need to go play everyone that they can. Like if if, if Jay Rich and Doug can play in that game, go play them and, and just get a win there because I think that the guys just need it right now. Mm-hmm. They definitely do. All right. Well, I don't really have any other thoughts, Ethan. What a, any any final thoughts from yourself on today's edition of SSPN post game? Stay strong, Spurs fans. Right. Stay strong. <laughs> Just know that there is literally light at the end of the tubble, tunnel. Tunnel. Excuse me. Tubble, tunnel, and it is a very talented player that will help this team.
I would like to say also, look, if they drop in the draft lottery, I'm calling it right now, Eamon Thompson will be a great pickup. Or a sir. Any those two guys, I really think that those are like they're they're mm. top five players for sure. That's what we call a teaser for our eventual I'm just saying, draft prospect. If the if video. the if the Vic slash Scoot thing, like if you somehow get three or four just because of how that's how the odds odds play out sometime, I think we can still get like a future all star for sure. Knock on wood, fingers crossed. We'll see. We'll see though. Right, right. <laughs> Maybe they're Greg Wood. Mm. <laughs> don't even say it dude i know i'm just i'm wishing the bad luck after mm. that though when the spurs play the rockets on thursday they'll play the heat on saturday and then start with the cavaliers next monday so a little bit of a break for the spurs a little bit of a break on sspn we might get together and do a live we'll see we'll get together have our schedules put a tweet out about it and that reminds me if you enjoy watching today's show don't forget to like and subscribe to the show below and also to stay updated with the show whenever we do a SSPN live, whenever we do SSPN post games, all of that can be found on our Twitters. You can watch the show on at SSPN on YT as well, at Jude McLaren, at Ethan underscore Quintero as well. We appreciate y'all. We'll catch y'all in the next one. Go Spurs go. Stay strong, Tank Spurs fans, and we'll see y'all later. <laughs>